if you're on Facebook, like the one who's listening in podcast land, and also like to say hello to my buddy Rich. Rich, how you doing today? I'm doing good, Mike. Yeah, doing good. Had a nice, uh, had a nice uh, trip down to Texas. Now, now I'm back, and uh, with back in the cold weather, as we had a, we were welcomed to snow during the overnight period, and also, uh, so I had to drive with a shovel. The when I woke up the next morning after getting home. Yeah, you know what? I'm amazed at the amount of snow that we have. I'll have to tell you about it later. Okay. Anyway, um, so Rich, we we still have one more group to welcome. We do. We have the folks watching us on YouTube who are the only folks, uh, along with our podcast listeners, that got to uh, hear the entire show. Yeah. As uh, we got to apologize to the Facebook folks that may or may not watch us every single morning, yeah. every single day, every single week, as uh, YouTube decided, uh, Facebook decided to cut us off unexpectedly uh, because of an audio clip that you played uh, from YouTube. Yeah, um, and I made an argument against it, but they had cut us off at that point, so there wasn't anything we could do about it, but... Okay, but so lesson learned, if anything, lesson learned. Yep. So uh, we know not to do that again. So, Rich, we got a big show today. Uh, in that show, we have obviously the biggest topic of them all. We have a football game to talk about. Yeah. And very specifically, an injury and everything that went along with it. We got lots of stuff. We're going to give you our perspective on some of those things. And what that's going to look like, uh, along with our recap for last week uh, and our looking forward to next week's football. Yeah, and along the lines of football, we got to recap the bowl games yep. that we made predictions on, as well as give you our prediction for the College Football National Championship and the Cubs have a new first baseman. Yeah, all that and more. But Rich, what's it time to do? Mike, let's go ahead and roll that intro. Folks got a little bit of a sneak peek of what we do while that intro is being played. Absolutely. Uh, we're kind of unplugged this week. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so Rich, first things first, we have our poll question. Yes, we do, Mike. And it was Narcos, with the entrance song of uh, Mets closer Edwin Diaz, going up against Pop Phenomenon, Wild Thing, which was uh, featured very heavily in the movie Major League with uh, Ricky Vaughn. Uh, but it also was used in the major leagues by Mitch Williams. Yeah. In the early with the early nineties Philadelphia Phillies. So Mike, are you bringing up the poll results? Uh, I would, but uh, I don't have. I'm not logged into your Wi-Fi. Okay, let me see if I can bring it up here real quick. So like, while I'm doing that, where did you? How did you vote? Mike? I voted for Wild Thing. Uh, so so did I. Uh, I didn't know Narco that well. So, it was a big hit this year. It just kind of came on. Okay. Came onto the scene. And it's weird. Our poll is not on here, even though I know it is. That is so weird. Let me switch over to fans of Balls and Sticks because it must not have gotten shared over there correctly. Okay. Uh, we had five votes this week, and it was four to one. So uh, Josh Hendricks voted for Narcos. Okay, he apparently knows what that is. I had no clue. So it I'm, is a cool video, though. It, it is. You it is really cool entrance song. Yeah. Uh, so this week we're going to be going back to regular songs as we're going to go with "What I Like About You" and "In the Air Tonight." Ooh, I love those two songs. I'm not sure how I'm going to vote. But I know I'll be able to vote at 11 when you get that live. That's right, 11 o'clock. Okay. All right, Mike, so week 17 in the NFL, do you want to start with the big headline of week 17, or do you want to go over our predictions first? Well, it seems how it was the last game of the week. Mm -hmm. Let's put it at the last 
thing we talk about for week 17. All right. So, Rich, how did we do our locks of the week? Well, because, yeah, the locks of the week, Mike, we did. You bit, I went with the Chiefs over the Broncos. It was a narrow victory, but the Chiefs still pulled it off as they won 27 to 24, improving me on my locks 12 3 and 1. Mike went with the Eagles over the Saints, and the Saints pulled an upset. Yeah, they did. As Gardner Minshew could not guide the Eagles to a victory, yep. as they lost twenty to ten, dropping your record to eleven and six. With the Bears, uh, we both went with the Lions. Mike, uh, what 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 happened in that game? Well, the Lions uh, destroyed the Bears forty-one to ten, bringing my record to fourteen and two. Rich, you are at eleven and five. And the Bears are at 3-13. and 13. Now, our upset specials. Rich, you picked a game that got suspended yep. and then canceled. I did. So, but before we start talking about that game, how did your upset go, Mike? Um, I'm actually going gonna, gonna to amend the score. Amend the you score? You were at 8-8. Eight eight. You had picked the team that was up. I'm going to give you the win. I'm not going to take it. I'm okay. not going to take it because it did not go as a win, loss, or a tie okay. in the NFL record books. So I'll... I'm going to stay at 8-8. Eight eight. Okay. Um, Rich, the I picked the Texans over the Jags. The Jags won. I figured that would happen. Mm-hmm. I just really wanted it. Okay. Because, again, I like I said last week, I painted the scenario that if the Texans win either last week or this week, it means the Bears are playing for la- if they lose, the Bears would guarantee the first overall pick, which is what I want them to do. And, and that's they, and they're setting themselves up for a good for a good number one pick scenario. But we'll get to that. Yeah, we're gonna get to that, and then we got a whole off season to talk that over. Yeah. Um, so well, the big story of NFL Week 17 yeah. happened in that Monday night game between the Bears, between the Bills and the Bengals. Seven to three Bengals. Yep. With not even finished through the first quarter. Yeah, there's uh, ten minutes left in the first quarter, if I remember correctly, something in that range. Okay. And uh, a, a root, what looks like a routine play. I still the, think it, I think it was like a routine play. It was a routine play, a routine tackle by Demar Hamlin uh, from uh, tackling T Higgins. Wasn't violent. Wasn't violent. No, if you would have, if you would have stopped it immediately after the hit, you would have been like, "Oh, that's why, why is this making the highlight reel?" Mm-hmm. You would have never thought anything of it. But Demar Hamlin stands up and then falls to the ground, and he doesn't get back up. He doesn't get back up. Now we don't know what's going on. The fans don't. The TV announcers don't. I reach out to you. I say, Rich, you got to be watching this. You, you were in the middle of stuff. You were doing family time. You did the right thing. You stayed doing family stuff. We had no way to watch ESPN anymore. That's, that's okay. Uh, it was on ABC, actually. Oh, it was an ABC game? It was an ABC game. Oh, okay. Um, really disturbing. Uh, they, don't, they come back. They're like, hey, uh, there's some crazy stuff going on. There's medical personnel around him. Uh, doing CPR on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they immediately like are doing violent CPR uh, and finally get him into the into the uh, get him into an ambulance, take him to the hospital. We don't know at that point we have no actual clue. What happened or what's going on? Uh, they conflicting reports. Yep. Totally conflicting reports. According to ESPN, uh, and uh, everybody's favorite announcer, Mr. Joe Buck. Everybody's favorite announcer, Joe Buck. Uh, they say. The teams have been told they have five minutes to get ready and get back on the field. Now, things. I'm giving. We're just going through it as a timeline. I'm not gonna. We won't give commentary until afterwards when I'll add, interject some things. Yep. Because there's lots of things to talk about on this. And you watched it live. I only. I read about the things yep. after the games that already ended. Yep. 
after the game was called. At one point, you see the teams, you see the the Bills team get in a circle. They stop. They pray. They 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 were blocking off what was going on on the field, so you couldn't see. Mm-hmm. Um, they were then they go all go around and pray. As they take a knee. I'm not gonna say they pray. They claim to pray, but I. I don't know. I wasn't in it. They actually don't. Nobody has a recording of what was happening in that huddle. They said they they took a knee. We assume they prayed. We'll go with that. That's fine. I'm not. We, we'll get into that in a little bit. We got some stuff to talk about there, but we won't get into it too heavily. And then um, you see uh, Stefan Diggs calling out his team and tell and tr- looks like he's hyping them up. Mm-hmm. Getting them ready to do what they got to do, and you see Joe Burrow pick up a football and throw it back and forth with some guys. They are warming up. Then the two head coaches, about three minutes left before they're supposed to get back. From what we've been told, the head coaches get together with the head official, and they say, "We're not doing this." We don't know what, again, we don't know exactly what was said there, but what what the outcome is, both teams walked to the locker room. They gave each other a hug, they gave each other a handshake, both teams walked to their respective locker rooms. That's what happened. And we're sitting here, still no clue what's going on. We don't know what actually happened. We don't know, we know that CPR was administered. We know that. And he left the field in an ambulance. And he left the field in an ambulance. We know nothing else. 24, well, okay. Well, let's pause right there. there. Did they, operating under normal circumstances. Right. Whether he, whether it was a confirmed notice from the league of, all right, they're going to have five minutes to warm up, and Joe and Buck and Aikman just got to kind of kind of kill time yep. and kind of talk about what what happened on the field from what, what what they saw. Do you think Joe Buck did anything wrong in operating under normal circumstances, saying that that we've been told that they got five minutes that the play should resume in about five minutes as the players need time to warm up? The team at ESPN did an amazing job. Good. They did everything correct. Now we know stuff on this end. Let's get let's finish through the whole narrative of the week because we have a whole week's. This game ends up being a whole week's worth of stuff. It did. We there are things that we found out yesterday that is the reason we titled. The, we normally don't acknowledge the actual reason why we title the week. We hit the topic, but we never say why we titled it. Yesterday's news is why we titled it. That's the that's the hint. Most of you already know what happened, but if you don't, if you get your sports news from these two guys, good on you. Yep. But beyond that, um, yesterday's show or yesterday's news is what brought this. What was why we could say what we said as our title? Praise the Lord. We'll get that. We'll put a pin in that, and we'll come back. Okay. So Monday morning, or what? Late. Monday night, mm-hmm. um, and I can't remember his name, but this guy most people have never heard of posted DeMar Hamlin, uh, has, his heart stopped on the field, they were able to revive him, his vital signs are back, he's in critical condition. Most people didn't know who this guy was and said, what's your source? Because Adam Schefter wasn't posting it. Ian Rappaport wasn't posting it. ESPN wasn't posting it. No no one that we look at as credible was posting it. Come to find out that it is his media director. It's DeMar Hamlin's media director and, and manager. We didn't know it at the time. He said it, but there was very little anything to confirm it the next day. Um, we find out what happened. We watched DeMar Hamlin die on the field. His heart stopped beating. 
on the field. He was dead. And those medical personnel on that field through CPR and an AED, that's an automated, uh, I can't remember the whole thing, but it's the, it's a, it's a defibrillator. Mm-hmm. Automated electrical defibrillator, I think is what it is. They brought, with the, that and the CPR, they were able to get his heart back in, back working and get him breathing. Now he was still given oxygen on the, it, as he was leaving. Um, one thing that made me feel, that gave me comfort, by the way, one mm-hmm. thing gave me comfort. They waited for his mom to get down to the ambulance before it left. Before it left the stadium. What that tells me is he was critical, but they knew that they had enough time and they knew that he was at least well enough to get him to wait for his mama to get on the ambulance. Because if they didn't, what they do is they say, put her in a cop car, we'll meet her there. And they would have gotten her down to the field, gotten her in a cop car, and the cops would have brought her there. I knew at that moment that it wasn't, that it, I knew it was serious, but I knew he had to be at least, at least back to a point where they felt that it wasn't life or death that they get them there in a matter of moments. I knew that's me. That's how I interpreted it. Not a lot of people, other people did, but if you think about it, it makes sense. Two. So that's Monday. Monday, the report we get is his his heart stopped. They revived him. They brought him back to life. He's in critical condition. He's being sedated in order for his body to do some recovery before they bring him out of it to see what's going on. So that was Monday. That was Tuesday morning. Wednesday morning, we get the news that he's showing signs of improvement, but it's not, we don't have all, it's not all good news. We just, we know that he's showing signs of improvement, but he's not out of the woods yet. He's still sedated. I think where I read was that they actually also have to resuscitate him at the hospital a second time. So I, so his uncle had said that, and then later that day, that that report was actually proven to be wrong. Oh, okay. Uh, his, his uncle went on a on a morning show and said that, according to his Metal, his care team, his care team, and according to his manager, that was not exactly how it worked. Okay, fair enough. Yes, things had to be done. He had to be sedated. He had to have some other stuff done in order for him. But according to his care team and all of that. That, that report was false. Might have been a misunderstanding. I don't think anybody was doing it out of malice, just the way that it goes. We were getting reports, conflicting reports multiple times throughout the week. So Wednesday, he's doing all right. He's doing better. Uh, we're seeing signs of improvement all day. We're getting these updates. He, he seems to be neurologically intact. Then Thursday... What the world thought was the best news, early in the morning, we get a report Thursday morning, DeMar Hamlin woke up, wrote down, the first thing he wrote down, did we win? And his care team said, you won the game of life. And that's what we got. Again, I, I'm only reporting what the facts we got were. If that's how the conversation went down, I don't know. That's what we're being reported to. Finally, uh, yesterday morning, 10 o'clock in the morning, 11 o'clock in the morning, we get word that DeMar Hamlin, the breathing tube is out. And he's talking to his team. And the world rejoices. Yeah. And he's able to, he has feeling in, in his extremity. Yep. He's able to squeeze yep. he's squeeze able. hands of the family that's around him at the yep. Cincinnati University of Cincinnati Medical Center. 
um, as well as communicate, because he got a chance to um, actually FaceTime with teammates. Yeah, it amazing. Now, Rich, there were other things that happened in this story that we'll let you talk about, and uh, kind of the reaction from teams, from fans, from NFL players, and also a key member of the media on ESPN directly. Yeah, so there's a lot to unpack there. Um, In the aftermath of what was going on between Monday night through Friday, there was his GoFundMe page got leaked. Well, maybe not leaked, or it went public about what he was trying to do uh, for his hometown in Pittsburgh and probably in the Buffalo area, raising money for... um, his charity raising money to give gifts to children. Yep. That exploded. It had a, I think it had a goal of like $2,500. $2,500. No, it had a goal of, I thought it was a goal of 2000 He had reached $2,500. Mm-hmm. And the donations kept pouring in from NFL, from NFL fans, owners, owners, and players, his peers. Yep. Coming across to yep. where... There's even, even, I even remember reading some stories about, well, how should fantasy leagues handle, handle, um, handle the uncertainty of week, week, uh, 17 of what happened since a lot of people could have had their fantasy championships altered if that game had resumed or if they had planned to make it up. Which yep. it turns out they didn't. They didn't. They, they which is the right out. call. Yeah. 100% the right call. So, and one of those was to, you know what, donate your prize money to the to uh, Damar's charity. Yep. Jerry, don't take the prize money this year or have co-championships. But that's another story. So a lot of, yeah. so I believe is I think the best this one. charity one was like, up around like $5 million. $5.5 million was the last I saw. Um, the mattress, some mattress king or mattress mart. Mattress Mac. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Best story of them all. Donated more money than the Washington football team, whatever, the the commanders. Yeah. What the commanders put in on behalf of the team. Hmm. Seriously, you're a billion-dollar organization, and you're going to be outdone by some random dude that owns a mattress but he is a really big furniture dealer in the Houston area. Who cares? But yeah, but probably nowhere on the same uh, financial. He might have a couple life. million dollars, and yeah, that means he can afford to donate here and there. But seriously, Washington, now that was the, the that was the lowest amount that any of the football the teams have done. By the way, I joke about it, but in all seriousness, none of the teams, nobody, you people who donated, didn't have to do that. Nobody had to do that. Doing that is awesome. Now, here's the scary part. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that what it what happens is they're allowed to get that money to it as an LLC, and he can be the president of it, and he can have some funds going forward. We still don't know if he'll ever be able to play football again. Yeah, uh, and what one what uh one commenter I don't remember the name, but it kind of spelled out is. Since he's in like year less than two years of service time in the NFL, he is not vested right. as an NFL player. Right. So if he doesn't play another down, yep. the NFL owes him nothing. Yeah. His team owes him nothing. It's they will pay out the rest of his contract as a goodwill gesture. But that contract's like two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars? Yeah, he's on the league minimum because I think he was like a second or a third. He's a pick. second year. He's a second year guy. He's on league minimum. We're gonna we'll unpack that in a second. We're gonna put a pin in that one and talk yes. about it later. So anyway, so the game was canceled. The game was, was suspended. Suspended and then canceled. Postponed. No, it was suspended, okay. postponed, and then yesterday they officially announced that they were canceling it. Yes. So that has had a little bit of an impact on how the playoff standings will be determined. Yeah, yeah. So the NFL chose not to make the game up and affect the entire playoff playoff schedules. Yep. Because the only team, the because the only thing affected was the team's seedings, yes. not whether they made the playoffs or not. Correct. So what that's what's what's going to happen is because this 
affects who would have, the outcome of this game could have affected who was the number one overall seed. They, if it ends up be if the AFC Championship game ends up being Chiefs versus the Bills, that's going to be played on a neutral site. Yep. If it's Bengals Bills, it's going to be on a neutral site. The only one that I kind of don't agree with is that if a wild card game is going to be Ravens Bengals, they've already determined that by winning percentage that the Bengals are the North champions. But if the Ravens and Bengals face each other in the playoffs, it home field is going to be determined by a coin flip. Yeah, I think that's terrible. Um, I mean, if you're going to declare a team based off a of winning percentage, that well, oh, right. You're the North champions. Yep. It shouldn't matter. Yeah. Then they should apply that same logic to who hosts the game. Totally agree. Totally agree. And so I don't blame the Bengals coach. The Bengals are angry about it. Or Joe Mixon. By the way. Saying that they got the short end of the stick. I'm going to call a quick timeout. The reaction and the way that the Bengals organization and team handled everything Everything. I'm going to say the whole thing, but especially Monday night through, we'll say through yesterday, because yesterday was when we found out the official calling on it. But Monday through yesterday, the class of the league, there are going to be millions of people that become Cincinnati Bengals fans because of this and become Buffalo Bills fans because of this. Yeah. Because they said that they, the point should be on Daymar's health yeah. and the well-being of the team. Yep. Because they could have said, nope, hey, we're, we're ready. Where are you at? Yeah. They could have called for a tie. A forfeiture? A, a tie or a forfeiture and fought for that, saying yep. that, no, we've got more writing on the line than you do in this. Yeah. They didn't. They did exactly they didn't what it. needed to happen. They. It was great. I loved it. Great job. Okay. So we talked about the play, kind of the, some of the playoff scenarios and how that's being affected. We've talked about um, the GoFundMe page. Yeah. Uh, now it's time to get and into and the latest health updates that we have yep. on Neymar. Now it's time to get into fan and Analyst social response. media response. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll talk about the social media side of things first. Okay. The immediate thing you saw and. Ooh, okay. I'm gonna call one guy out. Okay. There was one. There was one thing I didn't like about the broadcast. There was a guy holding a sign that said "Pray for Buffalo." Hashtag number three. Okay. It's Hamlin's number now because they have crazy numbering schemes mm-hmm. now. But <sighs> that guy was trying to get on TV. That wouldn't surprise me. If if your goal is to get people to pray for him, you hold the sign up in front of your face. He's holding it down here where his face is in full view and you could see him texting and checking stuff on his phone Hmm. knowing that he's getting on ESPN. Ugh. Now, as that continues, that kind of set the tone of the week. Yeah. Which is... NFL Live, was that on Wednesday? So let's let's back up before we get to hit that, that okay. discussion. Everybody on social media, prayers for DeMar. I love that concept. It's great. We're going to get to that. We're, we're, this is where we're going. We're talking about prayers and what, what prayer is. And then on Wednesday, Rich, go ahead and share. Yeah. On, uh, I didn't see it live. I only saw it through Facebook, through a friend of mine, uh, yep. Junior. Yep. Junior posted it. I shared it. Austin Threepeck shared my thing yep. of Dan Orlowski praying on air, saying that the entire tone of the week has been prayers for Damar. Keep Damar up in your prayers. And again, and having we, that heartfelt response of, I just really feel that we should take time to pray for him. And he prayed for him on air, which is great. I'm going to do it here, and I'm going to do it out loud. And if you want to stop me, like he gave, he gave ESPN a way to say, oh, Technical difficulties. We're going off air. But or he they could have cut his mic and yep. talked to the other broadcaster saying, um, his mic's cut. <laughs> yeah, they could have done any of that. They didn't. They let it go. It felt a little awkward with the other announcers or the other people not knowing what's going on and figuring that out. It's fine. Now we get into 
where I want to go with it. That's fine. And I told Rich about it. Rich had yeah. this preview. I'm glad you feel called to pray. But I got three questions for you, Rich. Okay. Question number one. Do you know the God that you're praying to? Now, I've done some research. It looks like Dan Orlovsky knows the God that he's praying to. Number two. Is that the God of the Bible? And when I say the Bible, I mean from in to amen, starting with God the Father, the Creator, His Son, the spoken Word of God, who became flesh, Jesus Christ, come down, died for our sins, rose from the dead to open up everlasting life for us, and the Holy Spirit, who is sent to help us and comfort us. That is one triune God, the God of the Trinity. Do you, is that the God you're praying to? Otherwise, you're praying to a small g God, and it goes upon deaf ears. It is a ringing gong, as the Bible says to us. And number three, and this is the most important question. I asked you at the beginning, the first question I asked is, do you know the God that you're praying to? But most importantly, does the God you're praying to know who you are? Are you in regular prayers to know so that he knows your voice? Are you in regular communication and are you regularly chasing after him? Or is this just it's what we say on social media? If if you can answer yes. I know the God I'm praying to. Yes, it's the God of the Bible. And yes, I know he knows who I am. Great. Otherwise, as the Bible tells us, you are a resounding gong. And it means nothing. It is lip service. And you need to, you need to one, meet that God. Two, make sure you're meeting the God of the Bible. And three, get to know him so well that he knows you. That's it. I've done research. It looks like Dan Orlovsky, I feel, knew who he was talking to. It was the God of the Bible. And it does appear that, that from his outward expression, regularly, that he knows that God knows who he is. I'm okay with that. But if you don't, you can reach out to us. We'll talk to you about it. We're not experts here. We're not theologians, but we know who God is. We know the God of the Bible. And we we are in regular communication with him that he knows who we are. If you need if you don't know that and you need to, reach out to us. Our Facebook pages are wide open. You can find us there. Put something in the comments. Let us know. We want to help you know that you know that. Because one day is coming where we're all going to be judged. And he's going to look at people who prayed in his name, who cast out demons and say, I never knew you. Because they didn't really have a relationship. They just were giving lip service. We, we don't want you to be one of those. So that's where I saw the week. That's the problems I had with this week is that we we saw people doing this. And then... This upcoming week, they're going to talk about how that how God doesn't exist. And you can't do that. That is a fundamental problem that I see. So, sorry for that whole derailment. But, also remember that the prayers of the faithful went up. God heard those prayers. And we have a young man who died on the field. We watched him on national television die be brought back to life through through miraculous healing and through the works of those people. Those those people that, that did the CPR and used that defibrillator, those people saved that man's life. And we got to watch it. God worked through those people to bring him back so he could talk to his team yesterday. He could, he could be... He's neurologically there physically there that's why we say praise the lord yep 
Yeah, but I think mean the getting a chance for him to talk to his team was I think a key a key thing on whether they that team could have played. Oh, yeah. As well as they could in week number 18, and that's why they couldn't resume the game. Yeah. Because by all means, we've seen players go off the field on a stretch. How many times? In an ambulance. Yeah. But but what's being done as they're going off the field? They're giving like a thumbs up as yep. they're going off the field. We got none of knows, Or the team knows, oh, well, if, all right, it was this type of injury, that happens because we play the game of football. Yeah. This type of injury, unprecedented in the game. Now, what... Kind of the way this injury happened, but we have had people. We there's been a man who died on the field uh, while playing with Dick Buckkiss. Okay, I did not know that. Yeah, we've had it. So that was the other thing. Everybody's saying this has never happened. We've never seen something like this. You know what? What we what else we've seen in our lifetime? A man named Dennis Bird. New York Jet breaks his neck on the field. And his breathing, when you break your neck, your breathing can become unstable. All sorts of things can happen. We've seen that happen. He couldn't move. He couldn't move anything. They took him off the field in the ambulance. Couldn't move a thing. So he didn't give that thumbs up. We've seen that in our lifetime. In our lifetime, that's happened. Mm. So we've seen sim. Now, have we seen somebody get? Ha- has somebody received CPR to bring them back to life? No, that part is unprecedented. But we've seen serious injuries like this happen before in the game in ways that we don't actually know what's going on. So before we start, like, yes, the the exact injury and the exact way it happens. Those are unprecedented. But we have had similar things happen even in our lifetime, which is crazy to think about. Do you, you don't remember, no, I don't remember that one. Yeah, yeah. Broke his neck. Uh, there's actually a whole movie on it called Rise and Walk, the Dennis Bird story. Um, he, uh, spoiler alert, uh, he ended up being determined enough to be able to walk. So, yeah. Check it out if if you don't if you never heard that story. Uh, seriously, I would I would look up Dennis Bird Rise and Walk or Rise and Walk the Dennis Bird story. So put that on your list. Maybe you don't even okay. watch it. It's it's kind of a fun movie. Like it's a good movie. So okay, um, that's what happened this week. Any more on that story that you want to talk about, or do you have any input on the whole on anything I said? No, you, okay. you did a great job on it. And, okay. Uh, Let's keep the show moving. I'm glad to glad to hear that that he's doing well, and is on. He's still probably has a very long oh. road to recovery. Yeah, but oh, oh no, we didn't we didn't finish on that on that whole topic. Okay, well we, we did. You you noted it. We never actually finished the conversation. So, um, and and I will echo. Uh, who's the guy that does the uh, that does the 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 Nickelodeon? Nate Burkus. Nate Burleson? Nate Burleson. Oh. He was on, and I don't, rem- I don't remember what show it was, but he said, this is why we fight for things. Ooh. As soon as you step out onto that field, you should have lifetime insurance, and you should have some sort of minimal investment vi- viability. Because, by the way, if this was his first year in the league, this is his second year in the league. He has nothing. No guarantee. Excuse me. No guarantees on anything. No guarantees on his salary. No guarantees on. He's. I don't even know if he's going to get a game check for this week. The game didn't officially happen. Does the team does, does the team hand out game checks? These are the. I don't know. But I didn't do the research on it. But they don't have to give out. He might not get a game check. By the way. So this would be covered under workman's comp, the the injury itself. The recovery should be be covered under workman's comp. But after that, he is guaranteed nothing for salary for the rest of his life, for anything. Now, do I think that he is going to be able to turn this into an ability to be 
an on-air personality, an analyst, a motivational speaker, 100% he will be able to. But the game of football owes him nothing if he never steps on the field. Yep. And they could quietly put him on the pup list, physically unable to perform. So he was put on injured reserve today. And then just quietly release him. Yep. And that would probably make headlines, but here's some things we got to talk about on that. Um, next time, next time the NFL comes to, to to negotiating, by the way, we had that, what, last year? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, they came to negotiations. And they talked about stuff. And the owners did a great job of painting the players as greedy because of the things they were asking for. By the way, what were they asking for? They were asking for lifetime insurance. Dropping where you have to be fully vested. We look at... So the NFL team owners say, Oh, well, you've only played with us for three years. You have to put some some skin in the game. You've only played for three years. No, he hasn't played just for two years. What about five years in, in college that he was eligible for? What about four years of high school? What about junior high? What about pup league? By the way, just because they're little kids and they're lining up and hitting each other, A, they don't hit each other the right way, and B, doesn't mean they don't get injuries. From the age of 6 to the age of 22, 23, 24, I don't remember how old they are. He's been playing football that whole time. No, he hasn't been on a roster in the NFL that whole time. But he's been working to get to this point. Because if you don't do... I'll say if you don't do junior high. I won't say you have to do pup league. But if you don't start early, you don't start getting those those workouts in. And you don't start setting that foundation. The foundation is set in junior high. In, in Pop Warner, you set the foundation there. And then you move up. And then in high school, you build on that foundation to make you the player that gets into college. And then in college, you are building on that foundation to make you to make it so you can get to the NFL. You're right. You weren't on a team for that long, but you've been working that long to get to that point. And we don't see that. We don't talk about that. But when the when the owners are saying, "Look at these guys. They're greedy. They want us to do this." They've been putting their bodies through this for years just to get to you. Mm-hmm. And when the when the owner when the when the players association says, "Hey, um, we think you need we need to be fully vested right away," one game gets you minimum viability. I, I think personally, I think if you play one if you play one game if you start in one game. I'll say start, but I honestly think it should be if you play in one game, if you're on an active roster for one game, regular we can even say regular season, you should at minimum get, we can even say $50,000 a year. Or have a tier system. Have a tier set up. If your, always... first, your first year you get $50,000 if you're, if you're out after that. Your second year you get $80,000. Then your third year, you're fully vested. Mm-hmm. And it's based on what your salary is. But do it. Because if he never plays again, he's maybe made $500,000 in the league at best. Mm-hmm. Probably. That's not going very far when you talk about the fact that he has, like, yeah, they'll pay for his recovery, but will they pay for his they they won't go to the, his house if he needs modifications done to his house. They're not going to do, if he needs a new car, if he needs a different type of car, any of these things. They're not going to pay for that. He's stuck. And 500000 How far is that going to go? Probably not far enough. No. This is why these guys are fighting for these things, and this is why I think... When next time the negotiations come through, I mean, you, Rich will tell you, I argued on the players' behalf this last year, this last go-round. 
I was very much on the players' hat, behalf. Why? Because I see that they've been putting themselves through this for years, and I know we can't call them greedy. Okay. I think that's kind of where we're going to end that one. We got a lot to do because we were we got deep into that. Rich, let's go to Week 18, talk about our picks, our locks, our upsets, uh, and then we'll hit our bowl games and... Do we want to do power rankings this week? Let's not do... Let's get no power, power rankings. All right. That's fair. All right, Mike. So, last week of the regular season, you have the even weeks. Who are you going with for your lock of the week? My lock of the week this week is going to be the L.A. Chargers over the Denver Broncos. Those Broncos are terrible. They're not playing for anything. They don't care. The Chargers may not have as much to play for, but I still think they're a better team, even if they play all only second stringers. I don't know about that one, Mike. I mean, they, the Broncos put a scare and made that game with the Chiefs closer than it probably should have been. But, but yeah, you're right. They have nothing to play for. Jerry Roseburg, their interim coach, has already said, I'm not coming back next year. Yeah. So, so I, but I don't know. I would caution that because, I mean, by all means, I mean, I don't know how much they'll play their starters. For the last game of the regular yeah. season, either. It's a rough week to pick because I think every game is a divisional game. Almost. I think so. So, uh, for my lock of the week, I'm going to go with the 49ers over the Cardinals. The Cardinals are a mess right now. Yeah. The, co- the coach may not return next year. They're on like their fourth quarterback now. And the 49ers got something to play for as they could get the number one overall seed in the conference if. The Eagles lose. Yeah, that's going to be, man. Um, so you know that they're going to be playing for something. I'm actually changing my upset of the week. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, I'm going to do it. All right. Houston Texans over the Indianapolis Colts. All right. Neither team really has anything to play for. Uh, Lovey Smith has no fight, no quit in him. All right. He doesn't. So he, I, I think he will play his team hard. Lovey Smith takes that win. That's going to put the Bears at the number one overall pick. All right. So because you changed your pick, Mike, I'm going to change mine, and I'm going to take Browns over the Steelers. I love that pick. That's actually what my first <laughs> pick was. It was. That really was what my first pick was. Uh, what was your other pick besides that, Rich? Um, I was thinking the Panthers over the Saints. That's no game. Yeah. So, I mean... The Steelers, by all means, the Steelers need to win. Yep. There's Cleveland has played better of late yes. as Deshaun Watson has gotten into game more game four. Yep. So they got something to play for because they're looking for right, what can we use as a springboard in the 2023 and what do we need to do to improve the team around Cooper, yeah. Watson, and Chubb. Yep. What do we need to do to improve that core like big three. Yep. And I don't like the Steelers. So yeah. Yeah, good it's a win-win. Yeah. All right. Okay. Bears have the Vikings coming in the town. Yep. No Justin Fields as he's been. They're putting him in bubble wrap and declaring him out of the game. Officially, they've done that. Yep. I haven't seen that, so I'm actually joining that pick that too. Uh, yeah, the Vikings are going to win this game. I know the Vikings are going to win this game. I did pick the Bears in pre pre show yep. only because. I made the prediction at the beginning of the year that this game was going to be, it was going to matter to both these teams. It ends up not mattering to these teams. Well, it could. It could. It could. Again, if the Bears, if the, if the, now they play at the same time, but if Houston wins, um, the Bears would then be playing for the number one pick overall, losing Mm -hmm. for the number one pick overall. And the Vikings, if they win and San Francisco loses, the Vikings then get number two overall. The Vikings get number two overall? In in the division. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Not in, uh, no, in the in the conference. In the conference, yeah. Yeah. They would So the Vikings have something to play for. The Vikings have something to play for. Exactly. Do they want to face the New York Giants? Or do they want to face either the Seahawks or the Lions, the team that gets the last playoff spot? By the way, okay. I'm a I'm the a Seahawks, right the now. Lions or the Packers. There are two teams I do not want to play right now in the NFL. And they're playing each other. Is that the Packers and the Lions? Packers and the Lions. Whoever wins that game 
No, if the Lions win, they're in the playoffs. No. I thought if the Lions win, they're in. So, okay. So, the Packers get in with a win. Okay. They that's a win. They control their destiny. So, if the Packers win, they're in. Yes. If the, if the Seattle Seahawks beat the Rams and the Lions beat the Packers, the Seahawks get the final NFC playoff spot. If the Seahawks lose... And the Lions beat the Packers. The Lions get the playoff spot. Okay. Of those three teams, what's the team you want to play against? The lead? if you let's say you're let's say you're the Vikings. Okay. You're the Vikings. Of those three teams, which one do you want to play the least? I'd have to say the team I want to play least is the Packers. I disagree. I say it's the Lions. Now I think the Packers are a very close second because. We see that Aaron Rodgers in, is in up yours mode. Check me out. I'm actually better than you. I'm, I'm actually that good mode, which is a scary place for him to be. They're still going to lose. They're still not going to make the Super Bowl. But man, you are right. That that Packers team is good, and they are. And, and they proved it last week by going by getting a win against the Vikings. Yeah. Like that wasn't even a close game. Yeah. No. So I I think th- that whole game, that either a, so. Honestly, the team I want to play most of those three, the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Well, I can totally I, agree. With I that. don't. The Seahawks don't have as much game tape on you. Nope. There's no rivalry, history, divisional bad blood against either of those teams. Right. That you're getting with the Packers and the Lions, and quite frankly, I think both the Packers and the Lions will be playing with house money. They 100 are. Neither of them with at the midway point. You are wondering. The Lions were being the Lions. Yep. And the Packers were really disappointing. Yeah. I, it is a scary thought to be if you are a Vikings fan coming up. Okay, Rich. Uh, so All right. so next week, we'll do our final power rankings. Yep. As where we rank the teams with all the regular season games being played. We're going to take a look. We're going to give you predictions for all of the wild card games, not just a lock and an upset. We'll review our postseason predictions as well as give you our pre-postseason predictions for the conference championships and the Super Bowl. Okay, Rich, we're gonna do we're gonna do lightning round uh, for college bowl games. Um, so uh, the Orange Bowl, Tennessee, Clemson. You pick Tennessee, I pick Clemson. Tennessee won. That makes you one and oh, Rich, how the Sugar Bowl go? The Sugar Bowl saw the Alabama Crimson Tide beat up on Kansas State, forty-five to twenty. I had Alabama. You had Alabama. Improving my mark to 2-0. You're 1-1 now. In the Music City Bowl, we had Iowa versus Kentucky. We both thought Kentucky was going to win that game. Iowa shut out Kentucky. The first shutout we've had yeah. since 09? They said that was the first shutout in the Music City Bowl's history. Right, but I'm saying the first shutout in a bowl game by a Big Ten school since I think 09. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, Iowa wins. We bo- you go to two and one. I go to one and two. In the ReliaQuest Bowl, Mississippi State, Illinois. It was nineteen to ten. Mississippi State. I took Mississippi State with them, and they got the victory in honor of their late coach Mike Leach. He went with the hometown Illini. Three and one, one and three for you, Mike. Mike, how the Cotton Bowl go? Cotton Bowl, Tulane versus USC. Tulane wins. We both picked USC. That brings you to three and two, and me to one and four. In the Citrus Bowl, LSU played Purdue. We both picked LSU. They destroyed Purdue, making them look like a high school team, if you will. LSU brings our record, your record, to four and two, and me to two and four. All right. The Rose Bowl was Penn State versus Utah, and it was thirty-five to twenty-one. Penn State bringing my record up to 5-2. Mike, you took Utah and dropped the 2-5. and five. Yep, Give us the Fiesta Bowl. All right, that was the college football national. There was a quarter championship football semifinal matchup between TCU and Michigan. We both took Michigan and TCU pulled an upset 51-45. to 45. Yeah, great game. And then in the final semifinal of the week, we had a Peach Bowl, Ohio State, and Georgia. You picked Georgia. I picked the Ohio State University, bringing your record to six and three with Georgia winning forty-two to forty-one. That was a close game. Great game. 
Didn't watch any of it, but it was a great game. The kicker lost the game for Ohio State in the last second, uh, bringing you to 6-3 and three and me to 2-7. and seven. Rich, this week on Monday, we have the national championship game. TCU, Georgia. How are you going to pick? This is a tough one, because after seeing what TCU did to Michigan, it almost has that feeling of they're a team of destiny almost. And, yeah. see, and seeing how much Georgia barely pulled it out against yes. Ohio State, but I got to give it to uh, to a bigger name school like like Georgia, so I'm going to go with Georgia. I am on the TCU bandwagon. I am picking TCU for this game. Let's see them go. Um, All right, and Mike, as far as quick hits to round out the show, the Cubs have a new first baseman, or at least a platoon first baseman, right. as they signed Eric Hosmer. So the league minimal. What do you do? You think that changes the discussion we had last week? I don't remember everything about last week, but if anything, is Eric Cosmer? Are you're signing a shell of Eric Cosmer? Yes, he got that big contract from the Padres based off of what he did in fourteen and fifteen with the Royals. Yep, he still plays a good first. He's still got a good glove, but. You're going to take what you can get out from the plate from him. but So last week we talked about willpower. Patrick Wisdom. Uh, Patrick Wisdom. And we talked about where we thought uh, he should end up playing and whether or not he's an everyday starter. Now, with Eric Hosmer, should solidly be mostly... Uh, for, he's only going to play first base. Yeah. A, do you think he could be a, an everyday guy at first base? We'll take the bat out of his hand. We won't talk about that because, honestly, he's not going to be a – you don't – Obviously, I mean, I, I see him hitting maybe 250, 260, which right now with the league the way it is, that's not half bad. Nope, nope. And if you can get 12 to 20 homers out of him, you'll take that. Yeah. Because you go you nothing to this guy. Yeah. The Padres are playing the bulk of his salary. Yep. So you're only paying him the league minimum. Yep. So if he doesn't work out, you can cut him. But does Patrick out. does that give Patrick Wisdom a solid place to Okay, you're your third baseman now. No. He's the DH. Because you got Christopher Morell that can play third base. Uh, you do. Okay. Or he plays first base, because I think he I think Wisdom's a right handed here. Yeah. So you could platoon and sit Hosmer if he doesn't meet expectations. Yeah, I suppose. And this also gives a chance to give Matt Mervis, a guy that came out of nowhere and rose through the ranks, Yep. rose up through the minor leagues. You could start him in AAA. You don't have that pressure. Uh, all right, let's see what happens. And take what you get yep. and have him get some time at DH or first base. Yep. So I like this Hosmer signing mostly because we don't owe him anything. If yeah. it works out, great. If it doesn't, you know what? If it doesn't and Mervis continues and proves that his numbers last year down the minors weren't a fluke and you want to bring him up, you can. Yep. So overall, I like it. Okay. Um, so that brings us to the end of the show. Rich, any shout-outs that you have this week? Um, i got to say a happy birthday to uh, my youngest nephew, Reed. As uh, he had a birthday uh, shortly after the New Year. Short after we recorded... Uh, last week's show. Um, awesome. And then I have three shout-outs to give. Uh, my cousin Todd, his birthday hey. was this last week. And then my cousins Tim and James, their birthday is today, I believe, if I remember nice. correctly. So, happy birthday, guys. Uh, we love you guys. Rich, people are watching us on Facebook, but they want to take us on the road. Maybe listen to us on a 15-hour road trip down to Texas. How should they do that? You know what? Uh, look us up wherever you download your podcasts from, Apple Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, just to name a few. All our can yep. carriers, you can find us. Uh, just search Balls and Sticks. Mike, if they're listening to us out in podcast land, they want to see our faces, but they don't really like Facebook. Where else can they find us? You can find us on YouTube. Just search for Balls and Sticks. Look for Rich and I bat not, set up to bat in tuxedos. Yeah, and as always, if you want to see our poll questions and or get notified when we go live on Facebook, Make sure to like Balls and Sticks, the podcast, and also fans of Balls and Sticks, 
you can find our poll questions and our when our on the live feed uh, for the show on both pages. Okay. With that being said, let's roll the outro. <laughs> 